A very blessed Easter to all of you. I welcome all to our Easter Sunday service. Uh, I, I need the clicker, so if you can pass it, please. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who have been attending our Easter services in the past, uh, you, you know that there's a certain greeting that has been used by the early church for hundreds of years. And let's see if you can remember what it is. So, I say Christos Anesti, which means Christ is risen in Greek. And you say... Amen. <laughs> ah, Alitos Anesti, okay, which means... He is risen indeed. Okay, so let's try that again. Huh? Christos Anesti. Christos Anesti. Ah, okay, very good. Kalos, kalos. Now, this, this is the, the ancient greeting that was used by the church uh, historically throughout the ages, and this is still the greeting now in certain areas of the world. So, if you ever take a trip to Greece, now very cheap, uh, right, to, to go and tour there. Uh, at least now you know some Greek, right? So when you land at the airport, uh, you can go to the, the security guard, the customs officer, you can tell them, Christos Anesti. You don't have to wait for Easter because it's always relevant. It's always true. Christ is always risen every day. Yeah. Let's pray. Jesus, light of the world, would you shine your light of truth on your word of life for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, for those of you who weren't here uh, the past few days, we had our Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services. Those are the, the, the services where we remember the events leading up towards the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ uh, before his, the, the end of his earthly life on the cross. And if you remember... One of the last words of Jesus was, it is finished, okay? Jesus said, it is finished as he hung there on the cross. Now, he wasn't referring to himself. He didn't say, I am finished, right? He was referring to his mission, his mission of dying on the cross in place of everyone who has ever sinned because the penalty of sin is death, as the Bible tells us. And so he paid the price of death for everyone who believes in him so that they can have eternal life. And so when Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying that his mission had accomplished. He was dying for the sins of the world. Well, my question now is, if it was finished at that point, then what is it that we are celebrating today? Why don't we just end with Good Friday and, okay, that's it, regular Sunday. Now, today is Easter Sunday, we know. And Athanasius, one of the early church fathers, uh, he called Easter the Great Sunday. But Easter isn't just one of the religious festivals that just so happened to fall on a Sunday. Of all the dates in the Christian calendar, the most significant one is Easter I know we are, a lot of us are more familiar, uh, especially if we're, we're not in a Western, we didn't grow up in a Western culture. Uh, a lot of us will be more familiar with Christmas because it's so commercialized, right? 
But actually, the most significant event in the entire Christian calendar is Easter. And it's the earliest celebration that was observed by the first Christians. And one of the reasons for why we come together to worship God on Sundays and not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, although we can worship God, you know, on any day, but specifically we come together as a church, we come together as a corporate body to worship God on Sundays is in remembrance of this fact. We gather on Sunday to remember that Jesus rose from the dead the day after the Jewish Sabbath. And the Bible records it as the first day of the week, but we know it as Sunday, right? So we worship on Sundays because of Easter, not that Easter so happened to fall on a Sunday, right? So we worship on Sundays because of Easter. So our Christian calendar, our worship life revolves around the resurrection of Jesus. That's how important Easter is for Christians. And so this Easter Sunday, we'll be looking at how the resurrection of Jesus brings light and victory to a dark and defeated world. The resurrection of Jesus brings light and victory to a dark and defeated world. Now, usually when we look at how Jesus is the light, you know, it's during Christmas because God star in the sky, la, right? And then it's at night, and so it's always about how uh, we refer to the Isaiah passage, you know, that, that the... the the light has come into this world of darkness. Uh, but during Christmas, we celebrate the, the light of Jesus as the hope of mankind, right? That mankind had no hope, and then, oh, there is now hope that God is born in the, in the form of a human baby among us, and he walks among us. And so, during Christmas, it points forward, this hope points forward to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so this hope is made complete in the occasion of Easter. All that hope that, Je- that, that Christmas is, is uh, pointing towards points forward to Easter. Now today I'd like us to look at how Jesus is the light of mankind. Jesus is the light that overcomes the darkness. And Jesus is the light that brings life. Firstly, Jesus is the light of mankind. Now, when John writes about the Word in John chapter 1, as our brother Ryan read to us just now, when he writes about the Word, he is referring to Jesus. Okay, so if you're not familiar with the Bible or you're not familiar with John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Siapa itu Word, right? So, uh, is referring to Jesus. That's all you need to know today. Okay, I won't go into everything else about the Word. But when, when John chapter 1 writes about the Word, it's referring to Jesus. One of John's purposes of writing about Jesus, why he wrote the Gospel of John, was so that his readers would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, and that they would have life. That when they believe in Jesus, they would have life. And so in order to do this, in order to help his believers to understand the life that they have in Jesus and to believe in him, John uses the metaphor of light quite often. And so in his first letter, John's first letter to the churches, 
First John chapter one verse five. He is carrying. Uh, he, he is following along in the same motif, the same metaphor. Okay, and he says that God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. So this is a very clear statement. God is light. Anything that has darkness, God is not. Okay, so God is pure light. Everything else that is not God, darkness. Okay. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, together with many other passages in the Bible, also equates those who follow Jesus as being in the light. Okay, so God is light. Uh, all who follow him are also in the light. Okay, they are children of light. Those who don't believe in Jesus remain in darkness. So again, very clear. God is light. Those who follow God in light. Those who don't in darkness. And so with this very simple but familiar concepts, we gain insight into spiritual truths. One of them is that mankind needs light. A light is necessary for life. This applies to all living things, uh, uh, but mankind needs light for life as well, and we'll look at this a bit more later. But in order to go about their usual daily life, mankind needs light. Now, I'm not diminishing those who uh, have been born blind and, and have not been able to see since birth, that sort of thing. But generally speaking, okay, in, in the, the average normal human experience, generally speaking, uh, man requires light in order to do many things. Uh, how many of us here enjoy hiking? I know there are quite a lot of hikers in Penang. La. Oh, all on this side. La. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, may, maybe, where, where do you go to hike? Penang Hill? Or uh, Bukit Jumbo? Youth Park? Botanical Gardens? That one not hiking. La. Okay, that one walk. <laughs> Okay, those of you who enjoy going hiking, how many of you would like to go hiking at night? <laughs> no, uh, none. Uh. Why not? It's the same trail, right? If you take the same trail all the time, you're very familiar with that trail. Uh, it takes the same amount of effort. You get the same amount of exercise. You burn the same amount of calories at night as in the daytime. So what is different? Now, what's different, of course, is how much light is present, right, when you're on your hike. How much light is there to be able to see where you are going? And so, we need light in order to see the truth of the situation, to see our surroundings, to see what is in front of us, what is around us. And so, we need light in order, if you're hiking, you need light in order to see, are you going to trip over a tree root? are you going to walk off a cliff, right? Okay, la, maybe the, the hiking trails in Penang don't have cliff. God, la, I'm not so familiar with the, the cliff ones. But anyway, you need light in order to see uh, all, all these hazards and dangers. Without light to see where we're going, we'll probably end up very badly hurt, right? Or worse, we can even lose our lives just because we did not have light. Now, the unfortunate spiritual reality is that although mankind also needs spiritual light, we are all born into spiritual darkness because of sin. Even though God is light, 
and create, He created us to live in His light, yet we are born into sin and darkness. And this darkness hides us from the light of God because God is light. In Him, there is no darkness at all. He cannot tolerate any darkness or sin. And so this sin that we are all born into separates us, it hides us from the light of God. And so mankind needs the spiritual light of God as much as we need physical light to do many things properly. And so since Jesus is the light of mankind, what this means is that all of mankind needs Jesus. Uh, most people in the world will consider themselves to be generally good people, right? Decent people. But the Bible describes our righteousness as filthy rags in comparison to the perfection and holiness of God. So it's not that we are, not, uh, that we are, we are horrible people and we are evil people, you know, but more that even the, the, the good things that mankind does because it is tainted by sin, it is tainted with sinful motives, uh, is done imperfectly. It is like filthy rags in comparison to the perfection, the holiness of God. And this is because we are born, since we are born into spiritual darkness, we're so used to it that we're not aware of our need of the light of Jesus. Uh, for a good part of my childhood, uh, the bedroom I stayed in had no windows. All right, next slide. And so, uh, sorry, go back. Uh, so a good part of my, my childhood, the bedroom that I, I stayed in for quite a few years uh, had no windows, and so I would have friends come over to visit, right, and they will hang out in my room, and then they will fall asleep. But if they fall asleep, I cannot wake up already. Right? Because there's no, no windows to see the daylight outside. Okay? So uh, perhaps that is why I'm quite used to getting around without turning on the lights. Yeah? Uh, my wife always complains that I'm, I'm like a bat. You know, not not the, the, the crime-fighting kind of bat. Huh? Uh, but you know, that because I, I don't always turn on the lights, and so she will be like, yeah, so dark. Why are you sitting in the dark? <laughs> Why are you not turning on the lights? Right? And so, but even though I can get around without much light because I'm so used to it, things, I will admit, things are still better when the lights come on. Yeah? So I'll be in the living room with the lights off. I didn't notice that the sun has gone down. I'm doing whatever, la, reading la, on my phone or something. And then my, my wife will turn on the lights and I'll realize... Oh, yeah, better than sitting in the dark. Now, when God created the world, the first thing He created was light. And God saw that the light was good. Friends, the Christian faith isn't about weighing us down with pointless rules to make our life difficult. When we follow Jesus, the light of mankind, He reveals the truth about us, He reveals the truth about the world, and when we can see the reality of who God is, who He created us to be, and how He intended us to live in the light, we too will see the light is good. 
and that living as children of light is definitely better than remaining in darkness. But Jesus isn't just the light of mankind. He is also the light that overcomes the darkness. When Jesus was arrested and later he was crucified, the Bible tells us that those who knew him watched from a distance. And so also later on the, the road to Emmaus, we see the disciples that their faces are downcast. And so after the death of Jesus, it seems as though darkness had won. It seems as though this great prophet who had performed so many miracles and taught about God's kingdom had been defeated. Defeated by the religious leaders who didn't agree with him because of political reasons. Uh, defeated by the Romans who carried out their execution. Defeated by death itself. After all, if Jesus had died and that was the end of his story, then all his promises about eternal life, his promises about his followers being children of light, his promises about living in the kingdom of God, all those things would be empty words. Because, die already, ma. <laughs> nothing to say. And so if Jesus had stayed dead after making all those claims, especially after saying he himself will, will rise again, right? If he had stayed dead after making all those claims, then to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, that would make him a liar or a madman. So place yourself in the shoes of the disciples at that point of the crucifixion and following the death of Jesus. How great, how powerful the darkness must have seemed that their great teacher, whom they had hoped would be their saviour, they still expected him to, to deliver Israel as a military saviour, uh, that their, their teacher, their, their saviour, seemed to be deluded or mistaken because die already. Now, we live in a world full of darkness, a world that seems to get worse and worse, where what is bad is so prevalent, it's so common that it's accepted as normal. And if you read or you watch the news regularly, there is so much evil, there's so much senseless suffering in the world that eventually nothing surprises you. Recently, there was a, a case about an a, a Instagram model in Hong Kong, you know, uh, right? And she was murdered. Right, by, by those who were close to her. And circumstances of her death that followed were horrific. Right? You, 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 you read it, you hear it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> how can humans do this? But when I first heard that story, it seemed like, eh, that happened. Uh, I'm not surprised. Right? Eventually, nothing in the world surprises you because there's so much evil and suffering in this world. And so, on a yearly basis, there are people who get raped and then they get punished for it. There are people who do hit and runs. They intentionally use their cars and run over people. There are people who uh, kill innocent children in school shootings and then they turn the gun on themselves. And these are not just one-time events. They happen regularly, year after year. And so, eventually, we grow numb to it. 
And sometimes it's, it's hard to have hope, especially when it seems like the darkness around us is triumphant. Not just in the world news, not just in our nation, but sometimes even in our own homes and our own lives. And so we can often find ourselves surrounded by darkness like the disciples. But just like the disciples, we thank God the story does not end there. The story does not end at Good Friday. Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 45 says, uh, so this is just as Jesus was about to die around noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun had stopped shining. We thank God that this need not remain a spiritual reality. Instead, three days later, they would find that, as, as we saw just now, uh, as the disciples were walking around the table searching for Jesus, hey, where is he? He is not here. He is risen. Christos and Esti. Ah, good, you can go to Greece. Okay, so the, the darkness has not overcome Jesus the light of mankind. And so that is the continuation and the truth of the story that our spiritual reality does not end in darkness. The thing about light is that it pierces darkness. It triumphs darkness. And Jesus, through whom all things were made, is light because He is the Son of God. He is God and God is light. He burns brighter than any light source ever created. And Jesus said that whoever follows him would not walk in darkness. That's not because the darkness of this world is any less dark. No, we, we don't put our hopes in things getting better in this world. But it's because the light of mankind, the light of the world who is Jesus, is present with whoever follows him. And so our world does not get brighter, but Jesus, the light of the world, with us makes everything brighter. When we can't make sense of the world and we can't see anything but the darkness around us, turn to Jesus. He is that ray of light that will pierce through any darkness. Believe in Him and follow Him and you would not stay, you would not remain in darkness the world around you may still be shrouded in darkness, but you have Jesus, the light of the world, present with you everywhere you go. You know that if you enter into a dark room, the room was dark, you, you leave the room, the room is still dark. But if you enter into the room with a torchlight, the room is brighter. And so Jesus is our source of light. But Jesus didn't only say that He was light of the world. He also says to us, to his disciples, to his followers, you are the light of the world. And when we believe in the light, as the Bible says, we become children of light. And as light bearers in a dark, dark world, Jesus tells us to let our light shine before others, to point other people towards God who is light. When Jesus still walked this earth, he said that he was the light while he was still in the world. But now he has ascended into heaven. Whose responsibility is it to do the shining? 
It is ours. We are the light of the world. It has been said that the local church is the hope of the world. Think about that. The local church, not the global church, not the denomination. The local church, Trinity Methodist Church, is the hope of the world. Friends, God calls each of us individually to be a light to those in darkness. Not just in church programs, but in our day-to-day living, in our homes, in our workplaces, in public places. And sometimes being a, a bearer of light in a, in a dark place is scary, it's messy, it's uncomfortable. We're not always sure if we're being taken for a ride, we're being taken advantage of, uh, whether our kindness or compassion will be received well. But every opportunity contains risk for things to go wrong, right? It's the same with a business, it's the same with a relationship. There is always a risk involved when there is an opportunity. So when you see an opportunity to shine Jesus' light on a situation, whether by meeting a need, by helping someone, by loving as how Jesus has loved you, don't hesitate. Yes, be wise, be discerning, but don't let that become an excuse for giving in to fear or discomfort. No matter how dark it is, a single source of light can bring sight to those who are near it. The brighter it burns, the further it can be seen. As long as there is light, you you can't have more darkness to drown out that light. The only way for there to be darkness is to remove the source of light, the absence of light. And so the world is much too dark for God's light bearers to remain dim and distant. And so the light of Jesus overcomes the darkness of the world, and we thank Him for it. Let's look at our last point today, that Jesus is the light that brings life. He doesn't just light up the place, but that light brings life. The Bible tells us that life can be found in Jesus. Now, imagine a world without the sun. How long do you think life on earth would be able to sustain without the sun? I think there are probably scientists who calculated this thing, but I'm not sure. But I don't imagine it will be very long. In fact, I think it'll be quite quick. Maybe a couple of years? Months? Uh, Forever nighttime, zero light. Not only would it be freezing cold without the heat of the sun, all plant life will disappear without photosynthesis, right? There goes our oxygen. (laughs) There goes a lot of our... our, uh, There goes salads. uh, I'll rejoice, but... (laughs) we won't be alive for long. We simply cannot imagine a life on earth, at least sustainable life, without the sun as the source of light for the earth. But as much as life on the earth is impossible without the sun as the earth's source of light, spiritual life is impossible without Jesus as the light of mankind. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that without Jesus and His resurrection, 
we are still in our sins. And sin brings death. The Bible also says that without Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, meaning those who have died while believing in Jesus, that they are lost. And lastly, if we only have hope in Christ for this earthly life, that we are most to be pitied. Now, why? Because then our faith will be futile. Because spiritual life is impossible without the risen Jesus, who is the light of mankind. But today, we celebrate because that is not the case. Christ is risen. Yes, He is risen indeed. Alitos and Esti. And by believing in Him, our sins have been removed from us. Those who have died believing in Jesus have come into eternal life. We have that same hope through faith in Him. And the death and resurrection of Jesus is what our faith hinges upon. Without the death and resurrection of Jesus, our faith is nothing. But because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, our faith is everything. And so this is why Athanasius calls Easter the Great Sunday. This is why our weekly worship life revolves around remembering this day and this occasion. That because of Jesus who died and rose again, we might have light and life. In conclusion, Jesus is the light of all mankind who overcomes all darkness and brings life. I want to give an opportunity to all of us to respond to the Lord today. And so, if you have not yet placed your trust in Jesus, if you cannot remember a point when you took that step and you made a commitment to follow Jesus and you want to take that step today, if you want to experience the victory over darkness of sin and death as a child of light, and you want the eternal life that is found only through the risen Jesus, I would like to pray with you now. And so the prayer is on the screen. You, you can uh, keep your eyes open as you pray. It's fine. God hears you. If you want to follow Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my sin by dying on the cross. I confess that I need you to rescue me from sin and death. I believe that you died and rose again. I put my hope and trust in you today, asking that you would come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for the freedom you give me to follow you and live a life of obedience to you. In the name of the risen Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, please don't keep it to yourself. Okay, make sure you share the good news with somebody from our church. Uh, in fact, if, if you, you like, uh, come let me know after the service. I would love to pray a prayer of blessing for you. Uh, for the rest of us who are not new to the faith, this is a constant 
reminder of why we celebrate. May you be strengthened in the certain knowledge that Jesus has won the victory. Darkness has not overcome him. May you live your life in that victorious light. May you let your light shine as children of light. Would you bring his love, his light, his life with you everywhere you go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.